hippos don't have HIPAA. One of them dies. You release the information. You know, uh, hungry, hungry hippos. Hippos don't got restaurants. Hippos got no restaurants before the corona, when all the restaurants closed. Hippos still had no restaurants a year ago. Because hippos can't talk. But the hungry, hungry hippo has got to eat. Hippo gets heart disease. Hippo dies. Hippos have short life expectancy because they're eating too much food. <sighs> oh my God. Uh, that's the... It's a, hippos don't have hippo. Oh, that's my Seinfeld. Right when I started doing that, right, right in the beginning of that, for a second, I thought I was doing Christopher Walken. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if I was doing Seinfeld or Walken. And it was a Venn diagram. It turned into a Venn diagram of Seinfeld Walken. Hippos don't have hippo. <laughs> that's, that, that's the punchline. That's the, the first line. The opening line is the punchline. Hippos don't have hippo. Um, hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> Hippos don't have restaurants. God dang. I was just thinking. I just thought of that. Because they were talking about hippo. On the, I was watching the Adam Carolla show, and they're talking about HIPAA, and then Seinfeld's voice just popped in my head. HIPAA, <laughs> hippos don't have HIPAA. God. <laughs> okay. So I just had to get that. I had to get that out. I had to get that on wax. So then let's just make this the. Let's see. It's April eighth. It's 7.33 a.m., nice and early. It rained all night last night. I like listening to the rain, though, when I'm sleeping. You know? Feels good. Sounds good. Because my mom has an alarm clock that plays rain sound effects and other nature sound effects. So that's how you know it's good. People put it in a... The little technology box. All right. So Mariners game. Let's do the Mariners. It's the 2001 A Space Needle Odyssey. Ah, game six. So the Mariners lost five to four to the Rangers. The Mariners are now four and two. Rangers are three and four. This was a 205 game Sunday afternoon. April 8th, yep, 19 years ago, 2001, I was just stopped there for a second because I was confused by the start time, 2.05 local, it's an interesting start time, because usually, well actually, I, oh, <laughs> oh, it's because, it's because, aren't they in the... Where are they, Central? It's, yeah, Dallas, that's Central, right? 
so yeah, that's definitely central time zone. So then, yeah, that start time just doesn't make sense. I don't know. Maybe that's what they, that must be what they do for Sunday afternoons. Because you would think it might be 305 because then on the West Coast, we always start at 1. And then in the Rocky time zone, Denver, they'll start at 2. So that it always, in the East Coast, they'll start at 4. Right? Yeah. Maybe. No. The East Coast game's on. Man, this is boring. <laughs> ah, this is. <laughs> I just talked about the baseball schedule, the intricacies of the baseball schedule. East Coast Sunday games will usually be 10 a.m. Western, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, so 1 p.m. East. There you go. That's your breakdown. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. 44,306. That's a good... Let's see. I'm going to pull up... I'm going to pull up the ball... Or I'll just go Texas Rangers. We'll just search the old Texas Rangers. All right. Texas Rangers. When did George W... When did he own... Wasn't he the owner for forever? Oh, they got a new stadium? No way. The Rangers have a new stadium that was supposed to open this season. But now it might not even... They might not even play all season. <laughs> but next season, at least. All right. Mar- or the Rangers' new... S- so, oh, their new stadium is small. 40,300. That's tiny. That's tiny. 326 to right field. 329 to left, 407 to center. There you go. How much did it? 1.1 billion. Billion with a B. Dang. All right. There you go. It's called Globe Life Field. And their old one was called Globe Life Park in Arlington. The new one's also in Arlington. All right, let's just see how many Ford. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> it says the capacity is 48,114, but the record attendance is 52,419. How is that possible? How could the record attendance... Where did they put all those people? Are there 4,000 people standing on top of each other? On stilts? Also on stilts. What's going on? So, oh, this one opened. It was also fairly new. It opened in 1994. Which was the strike year. But they played the first couple months of the season in 94. So there you go. There's your Texas Rangers trivia. All right, so Mariners had eight hits, one air. Rangers had 11 hits, one air. Mike Venafro Venafro got the win. Jose Peniagua got the loss. And Tim Crabtree got the save for the Rangers. Now, who started? Freddie. 
oh yeah, because it's game six. So now we're back at the beginning of the rotation. Now we're back to Freddy. Freddy G, six innings, eight hits, three runs, five walks, only three strikeouts. That's a lot of walks. Let's look at, I'm always interested in, I'm a big stat head. I love stats. Freddie. Career record, 156 and 108. That's good. That's a good career record. Career ERA, 4.15. That's good too. But what's his, what are his strikeouts to walks? 1,621 strikeouts, 708 walks. That's really good. Man, Freddie Freddie had a great career. He pitched for 15 seasons. Freddie. There you go. Who did he pitch for? Mariners for six years. White Sox for five. Yankees for two. Braves, Phillies, Orioles, Tigers for one. Six. Yeah. 15? Or 16? 15 seasons. There you go. Boom. Shakalaka. Nickname, The Chief. That's Robert Parrish. Right? Isn't Robert Parrish. Is that the... Now I gotta look up Robert. This has just become the... Let's just look it up. This is just the... Let's just... That'd be a fun podcast. Let's just look it up. Would that be the name of it? Yeah. Robert Parrish, the chief. Man, that was a good poll. I'm proud of myself. Because when did Robert Parrish... He was a Boston Celtic. Man, Robert Parrish. That's amazing. He played in the NBA from 76 to 1997. That's insane. That's <laughs> He played. He played. Wait, how old was he? He was 43 when he retired. About to be 44 years old when he retired. That's so old for basketball. But he's a seven-footer. So that's that's even crazier though. Cause usually usually seven footers aren't that durable. They always go down with injuries and they retire early and the guys who play the longest are the smaller guys. Cause yeah, big guys are always getting hurt. Oh, he's a Hall of Famer. I didn't know that Robert Parrish was so good. Now we gotta look at this turned into this turned into the basketball. No, it's not. But we're just gonna look at Robert Parrish's career. Fourteen and a half points per game, nine rebounds, one and a half blocks, one steal, and oh my gosh. Guess what his career field goal percent is? I just hinted that it was good. 54% career field goal. That's that's maybe the best ever. That might be the best, the most he might be the most efficient 
player of all time at 14.5 points per game, 54% from the field on the career. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. That's unheard of. I'm a new I'm a new fan of Robert Parrish. He's underrated. All of a sudden, Robert Parrish has gone from unknown to me. <laughs> no, not unknown, but just a name, just a nickname, the Chief. But he's definitely underrated. He went to Centenary. It's called... Wait, why does it say it's... Centenary Gentlemen Basketball. And then ladies is used for the women's teams. That's funny. They have to say gentlemen basketball. I've never seen that before. Gentlemen basketball. It's just a bunch of guys in top hats. And they're drinking tea. Pass, pass the ball over here. Pass the ball over here, I say. Oh, whip it over here. <laughs> I don't know what that accent is. I don't know what that accent is. Pass, pass the ball to me, Jives. Pass it here. But roll it, roll it on over. Don't, don't throw it, don't throw it too hard. You'll, you'll, you'll wind me. <laughs> you'll, you'll hit me right in the chest. All right, centenary. I'm probably wait cent centen centenary. Centenary. Cent centenary. Centenary? <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It's in Shreveport Private College. United Methodist Church. How many people go? Oh my gosh. 500. Only 500 students. Under a thousand students. That is crazy. Wow. Look at this student to t-shirt. <laughs> Sounds like I just said student to t-shirt. Uh, student to... <laughs> That'd be a funny ratio. How many students wear t-shirts versus other... No, student to teacher ratio. 523 undergrads. 228 staff. What? <laughs> what? That's the most... That's the most absurd student-to-teacher ratio I've ever seen. That's that's insane. There's almost... It's almost two to one. It's, it's almost one teacher for every two students. Which... Why don't they... What? That doesn't make sense. I guess there's probably a lot of clergy or priests or all that stuff. Because it's the, 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 the religious school. Alright. That's still ridiculous though. They gotta send some of those teachers. Over to LSU. Over to the public schools in Louisiana. Yeah because now. Wait now I'm curious. Robert Parrish though. So first we're going to look at. LSU. Then we're going to look at. What's Robert Parrish's. Best season. I just want to see that, and then we'll. Don't we're almost we're almost gonna wrap it up. It's, it's it went longer than usual, or I mean not not longer than usual, but longer than I planned, as usual, as always. 
Uh, all right, here we go. Wow. That's a lot of people. So LSU students is 32,000. But staff members? Guess how many staff members at LSU? 5,000. What? That's that's a lot. 5,000 administrative staff and 1,500 academic staff. Oh, so that's different. Oh. Oh, wait, so what's the difference between... I wonder what the difference between administrative staff versus academic staff. Because maybe I was looking at... Hmm, because I wonder, yeah, what are all those people? That seems like a lot of people. That's why college is so expensive, because they, they got all those people working in the administration administration office. The administration office. All right, centenary, cent, cent, centenary. I like saying centenary. I just want to see... This is just the deep dive pod. Yeah, they don't even have academic staff listed. So there you go. There you go. And then Robert Parrish, four-time NBA champion, nine-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA second team, one-time third team, 50th anniversary all-time team, number double zero, retired by Celtics. That's a cool number. Double zero. He's like a computer program. He's like a, a typo. He's he's a typo. <laughs> His jersey's a typo. NCAA rebounding co-leader. 75 and 76. That's weird. Because, yeah, D3. The school he went to is D3. But, actually... Back in the back in the early seventies, they probably all played they probably played D one schools like LSU. Alright, let's just see what what's Robert Parrish's Okay. So he averaged nineteen point nine points per game in eighty one eighty two. So that's basically twenty. Eleven rebounds. And 54% from the field. And 2.4 blocks per game. Dang. That's a a great season. Just, man. That efficiency. I'm a fan of efficient players. I've always... I like... Like, LeBron shot over 50%. I wonder what LeBron's career field goal percent is. I bet it's about <clears throat> I bet it's about 50. Let's see. Here we go. We'll check this. I remember that one it was 2013. LeBron shot probably 53% from the field. Yeah. Career field goal percent 50.4% for LeBron. Just just over 50, baby. 27 <clears throat> So LeBron's career numbers the GOAT, 
27 po points per game. <clears throat> Man, my, I need to get a sip of coffee. I keep... Oh, my goodness. I kept, did you hear my ice? Hear my ice rattling? I got that ice in there. 27 points per game. 7.4 rebounds. 7.4 assists. The same exact amount of rebounds and assists. 1.6 steals. 0.8 blocks. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't have more blocks per game. Three and a half turnovers per game. That's a good... It's a solid assist-to-turnover ratio, I think. Now I wonder... Now I'm, I'm sure Steve Nash's assist-to-turnover ratios probably... Probably a little better. It's probably more like three to one than two to one. All right. There you go, though. What's LeBron shoot? 34.4% from three point first career. And from the line, only 73 and a half. What? Ah, oh, come on, LeBron. You think that'd be better? You think. You think he'd shoot more like 80% from the line. But a lot of... He has a few seasons. Like, let's see. This season, he was 69.7. And last season, he was 66.5% from the line. 2016-17, he was 67.4% from the line. Man, LeBron... That's a, he could get, he could score a few more points per game. Could pick up an extra point per game if he was better from the line. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just such a, I'm just, I'm nitpicking at the greatest player of all time. That's so funny. But it's true though. That's not a great, because he's a, I don't know. He's never been a great three-point shooter, really. But you can be a good free-throw shooter without being a good three-point shooter, though, right? All right. And also, I don't know, he was almost... He was the best from the line right in the middle of his career when he was... Yeah, right before he went to Miami. That's when he was the best from the line. But LeBron... What's the highest he ever shot in a season? 78%. He's never... That's crazy. He's never shot 80% from the from the free throw line in a season. I'm just all harsh on LeBron. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then look at this. He's a 16-time All-Star, 4-time MVP, 15-time All-NBA, Six-time All-Defensive, three-time NBA champion, 0304 All-Rookie, three-time All-Star MVP, three-time Finals MVP, 0304 Rookie of the Year. Greatest NBA player of all time. Because <laughs> I think he's going to... I think he's still got a few seasons left in him. I think LeBron would like to be the Tom Brady of the NBA, where he goes. I could see LeBron going to 40. Yeah, for sure. 
and he's only 35 right now. So play maybe maybe four or five more seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm I'm optimistic. I'm a I'm an optimistic goose. All right, here we go. <laughs> Let's just wrap this thing up. We're how long it be? Okay, as as per usual. Here we go. Mariners box score. Maybe. Oh yeah. We could also read our quote. We'll do the quote. So before we do the Mariners box score, let me just read this right here. Did I already read? Man, now now I can't remember. Oh no, I did read that one. Harry Hooper. This is Harry Hooper. You know, I saw it all happen from beginning to end, but sometimes I still can't believe what I saw. This 19-year-old kid, crude, poorly educated, only lightly... Wow, this lighting is weird. (laughs) Only lightly brushed by the social veneer we call civilization, gradually transformed into the idol of American youth and the symbol of baseball the world over. A man loved by more people and with an intensity of feeling that perhaps has never been equaled before or since. Harry Hooper on Babe Ruth. The one and only Mr. Candy Bar. Baby Ruth. All right. And then, oh yeah. Shout out to Country Bookshelf, 28 West Main Street, Bozeman, Montana, 59715. 406-587-0166 is our phone number. 406 is the only area code in Montana. In the whole state, one area code. And you can call them toll-free at 1-800-621-7977. Special orders welcome. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Sunday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And there you go. <laughs> I just wanted to, I have their bookmark. So I kind of just wanted to pretend that I was doing an ad read. Because it's kind of fun. And it's good practice for for the future. When I do get ads, someday, someday, <laughs> I'm like, someday, you know, maybe I'll have a, some sort of, some sort of, something going on, I don't know, you don't need to, what am I trying to say, I'm happy with the podcast, I like doing it for free, doing it on my own time, on my own dime, because there ain't no dime, because it's free, but I was going to (laughs) say, but yeah, that's the thing I love most about podcasts, is, I've mentioned this before, but it's the freeness. It's free, free. It's no commitment. Either way, you don't have to listen. Nobody has to listen and nobody has to do them. Like nobody's forcing anyone to do a podcast. It's the most, it's the most selfless internet thing. It's like being a good Samaritan online, I think. If you do a, not if not if you do a some sort of garbage podcast. I don't know what's a what's a garbage podcast. 
what is a garbage podcast? <laughs> I'm like, maybe maybe you're listening to one. <laughs> no. Everybody everybody likes different things. So what you one man's garbage is another's treasure. Or treasure. As they say on my favorite murder, which I've been listening to a lot. They say treasure. All right, but I want to say I like those hours. I like the hours of Country Bookshelf in Bozeman, Montana. 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. on weekdays. That's good, solid 11 hours to go there. You got all day. 9 a.m., nice and early. 8 p.m., nice and late. Nobody needs to go to a bookstore after 8 p.m., really. Unless they're doing some sort of nefarious drug deal or something. Alright, Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, you can close early on Saturday. Because they got plans Saturday night. They're probably going out to the country to... What do you do in Montana? Go out and shoot some tumbleweeds with some pellet guns. Do a tailgate party. Go burn a fire in the field. Those sound like Montana things. You drive fast in the middle of nowhere. Alright. Yeah, but 6pm. Close. Or if there's a... Maybe there's a late night Montana State college football game. Because it's in Bozeman. So... I wonder if those Saturday hours are football dependent during the fall dependent on the home games I could see that if they were really hardcore they would just throw up one of those paper signs on the door be back after the game go Bobcats and then a little paw print Sunday 11am to 4pm see that's nice and short Man, but 11 a.m. So I guess they could go to church early. They have an early sermon. Because I bet a lot of people, there's a lot of church people in Montana. Maybe not as many in Bozeman, though. Since in Bozeman or Missoula. Because that's where Montana State and University of Montana are. So they're more liberal, right? Less old old churchy people. 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Then you get home for dinner and Sunday night football. There you go. That's Country Bookshelf. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let's read. I'm going to read from. Oh, yeah. That last quote was from Baseball, a book of quips and quotes. Now I'm going to read a little from God Save the Fan by Will Leach. Uh, which did we do? Roger Clemens. That's the next one. Wait, before I do this, prepare myself. Just saw a hilarious video. Oh, I, I definitely recommend Nick Kroll, 70s Eater. On He's on Conan. 
It's really funny. All right, here we go. This is random, but I watched it yesterday. It got recommended on a different podcast on The Rewatchables, which is a great Bill Simmons podcast about their old favorite movies. Him and his The Ringer constituency? (laughs) I kept using that word constituency the other day. But now I don't really know what it means. Constituency. Are those the people who vote for you? If you're an elected official, is your constituency? Do I have to look this? Do I have to look this thing up too? I think. All right, then we'll come back and. Oh yeah, we're looking at LeBron. We determine LeBron is the goat. I don't even need to look at. I know MJ has amazing numbers, but I think at the end, I like when people say at the end of the day, I'm going to start saying at the end of the week, at the end of the week, Saturday night, you know, at the end of the week, because I consider the week to be Sunday through Sunday and not, does anybody consider it to be Monday through Monday? Some some Monday maniacs but I think at the end of the week LeBron will have he's going to have more uh, durability more consistency he's going to I think LeBron's going to play like I was just saying my my prediction for LeBron is he plays till he's 40 that's my LeBron my LeBron diction alright and then, yeah, that's all going to add up. Because remember, MJ, didn't didn't he miss two seasons right in the middle of his prime? Because the whole baseball, the baseball debacle. That Speaking of Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons thinks that David Stern suspended Michael Jordan for gambling. And then that's why Michael Jordan went and played baseball. That's what the conspiracy theory is. Alright, so what's the constituency mean? Exactly what I was just saying. It's the body of voters to a specific... A specified... A specified... A specified area who elect a representative to a legislative body. That was a lot of big words. Alright, that's a lot of... Five dollar words. All right. Um. Yeah. Let's just wrap this thing up. Let's just wrap it up. Let's check on the Rangers batting. We haven't been checking on the opponents very often. Rusty Greer. I remember Rusty. Who's man? Rusty Greer. What a great name. (laughs) The leadoff hitter for the Rangers. How long did he play? Oh, he only played. Nine seasons. Still a good career. All nine for Texas. Wow. 119 home runs. That's pretty, that's not bad. 614 RBIs. What's his career? Wow. What? 305 batting average. 
how come he re- now I gotta look up Gr- Rusty Greer cause how come he retired cause he had a he was hitting over 300 on his career and he retired at I guess he was how old was he he was 33 injuries yep I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now Greer's aggressive style of play took a severe toll on his body. He spent the remainder of his baseball career undergoing and recovering from surgeries. After first coming off the DL in 02, he was only able to play one more game on July 11th that year before going back on the DL. Wow. On August 22nd, he had surgery to fuse the C5 and C6 vertebrae in his neck. And in the offseason, he had surgery to repair a torn rotator cuff in his shoulder. He was expected to miss the entire 2003 season. While rehabbing from rotator cuff surgery, he had to undergo Tommy John surgery and an ulnar nerve transposition in July of 2003. He actually was also supposed to receive operations on his right hip and right knee, but decided against those. He also had surgery in the following offseason to remove scar tissue that had built up in his elbow. And early in the 2004 season, he had additional surgery to remove scar tissue from his shoulder. Never, man, this is a story. I got to keep reading this. This is a tragic story. Nevertheless, he was, maybe it's actually more of an inspirational. Nevertheless, he was still determined to come back. And he and the Rangers expected to see him back on the field as a designated hitter during the last month of their season. He worked out at the Rangers spring training facility in Surprise, Arizona. <laughs> that's how you guys say it. Surprise, Arizona. With <laughs> That's just fun. With the intention of doing rehab in the minor leagues shortly after. However, his workout was cut short. He returned to Texas where he had surgery to remove... T- scar tissue on his forearm and was declared out for the season. The Rangers, not surprisingly, decided to buy out the option year on his contract. He actually made almost as much money during the two lost seasons as he did in the rest of his career combined. Wow. That's a bright side of the whole situation. He's, I mean, it still stinks, though. He would definitely... I'm sure that he would say he would rather play and make way less money than go through all those surgeries. That sounds terrible. Just trying to come back and then just nonstop, just keep having surgeries. Greer received invitations from the Rangers and Twins to go to spring training as a non-roster invitee, but decided he would rather retire than move his family to another state. Thus, on February 20th, 2005, he announced his retirement, officially ending his comeback attempt. In August 11th, 2007, the Rangers inducted Greer into the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. That's, see, now that's a good story. I did not expect that good of a story. There's a, man, you guys want to know? All right, here, I'm going to run through. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Like I'm saying, like I keep saying, we'll wrap it up. But let me just run through the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame real quick. So here we go. But let me just run through all these people. (laughs) It'll just be real quick. 
Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sometimes when I'm doing this podcast and I keep saying that I'm going to wrap it up, I feel like, like that guy in the group, the group of friends at the restaurant and everyone's trying to leave and you've already paid the check, but I just, I, I'm taking forever to finish my drink right now. That's, <laughs> I'm just, I still got... I still got half an IPA there. Not in real life, but in the... Metaphor! <laughs> Metaphor! Alright. Charlie Hoff? Charlie Hoff? Johnny Oates? Man, that's a cool name. Johnny Oates. Nolan Ryan. Jim Sundberg. Buddy Bell. Fergie Jenkins. Tom Vandergriff. Mark Holtz. John Wetland, Rusty Greer, Toby Hera, Ruben Sierra. Hey, that rhymes. Tom Grieve, Kenny Rogers. Not the country singer who just died. The pitcher. Eric Nadell, Ivan Pudge Rodriguez, Tom Schaefer, Juan Gonzalez. Wait, didn't they already say? Oh, no, they didn't say Juan Gonzalez. Uh, Juan Gonzalez, Jeff Russell, Michael Young, Josh Hamilton and Richard Green. Now I gotta look at Josh Hamilton's had some. Not, oh my gosh, that is never a good. Oh my gosh, <clears throat> that's never a good sign when you pull up someone's Wikipedia page and go to their personal life, and then it's like it's twenty paragraphs. You have to scroll down so far. Gosh. That's never a good sign if your personal page on Wikipedia is super long. Right? It's just never... You want it to be one paragraph. <clears throat> you want it to be short and nondescript. Yeah, this is just too sad. I'm not going to go through. He's gotten a lot of trouble. His whole career and and post-career. When did he... Oh man, he retired. Twenty fifteen was his last season, with the Rangers. The Rangers. Alrighty, so there you go. That's Josh Hamilton. He was a great player, though. He was a great player. Five time All Star. He was an MVP. I I did not even remember that he was. He was the MVP. Wow. Back in, what, 2010. Alright, so there you go. That's that. And then, let's read Roger Clemens. This is Roger Clemens by Will Leach. <clears throat> Guy who clearly waited a couple years to, too late to retire. Enjoys ass... <clears throat> ass <clears throat> my voice. I need to get a sip of coffee. I need to get a sip of coffee. <clears throat> I think it maybe it's because I'm, man, my voice is just not used to this constant talking, maybe, I don't know, usually I can handle the, I did do a lot of podcasts yesterday, I suppose, but I used, man, I used to do those marathon, well, I still do sometimes, but those long ones, those, those four hour plus podcasts 
of just talking for four hours plus, that's a strong voice. That's a, that's a voice workout. But <clears throat> I wonder if I talk less. I wonder if I say less words per minute in the four-hour episodes versus the shorter episodes. I bet I do. <clears throat> I bet I, I keep clearing my throat. I bet I talk faster in the shorter episodes. And then I probably slow down. I bet if you listen to the four, if you, if you tuned in near the end of a four hour plus episode, I would be, I'd be dragging. (laughs) The pace would be glacial. All right, here we go. Roger Clemens enjoys ass needles and congressmen self-regard evidenced by his habit of naming all his children with monikers to start with the letter K. Big fan of Asians. When asked about the popularity of the World Baseball Classic, he said he knew it was popular in Japan because while it aired, he couldn't get his dry cleaning done. <laughs> no way. I can't believe that's so... F- I mean, it's it's. I guess it's offensive, but that sounds like... That's like a joke a stand-up comedian would say. That's a, that's a straight-up, that's a roast joke. That sounds like a joke that that Jeff Ross would say if, who's the Asian comedian? If Michael, if Joe Coy, if he was roasting Joe Coy, or Michael Yo, Michael Yo, survivor of, as everybody knows, man, he survived that thing. I don't want to be... See, I'm so... I'm the... I'm the. What's the opposite of naive? <laughs> Is it paranoid? Or... I'm kind of... I'm almost skeptical. I, I don't know why. But I don't trust... Well, it's just because I know that... I'm not, I'm not saying that Michael Yo did this but I'm just going to use Michael Yo as an example because he's a comedian that a lot more people heard of because he he got the he got the the disease he got that disease I'm not going to say it he got the disease and he recovered from it so I'm I'm I hate to say it. <laughs> what's the does this make me cynical that's the word I'm sometimes I'm very cynical and skeptical cuz I'm cuz I'm just over here thinking his popularity doubled tripled quadrupled there's so many more people yeah that's <laughs> just a facts there's millions more people that heard about him it's almost I'm I'm not saying it's a publicity stunt but <laughs> I like I like saying stuff, but then saying that you're. <laughs> I love saying stuff, but then saying I'm not saying that, but then you're clearly you clearly are saying it. But I'm not, because I'm not saying, because he's not the only. There's been so many, random celebrities. How could so many random celebrities? I don't believe all of them. That's my that's my point. Is I don't believe. All these D-list and C-list 
and E-list and G-list celebrities that, yeah, that are getting the stuff, the disease. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Does it make me skeptical? Does that make me a bad person? I think at least it's just true. It's just a fact. Remember the, remember the Jesse Smollett? Remember that? <laughs> remember that? Remember that? We've, all the cynical people, the cynical, skeptical people were, were all correct about Jesse. <laughs> it's so crazy. Isn't that crazy? But he's not the only one. Because people are similar. Humans are similar to each other. We all share characteristics. So everybody, all these celeb, all these D-list celebrities, they just want to get famous. So I'm not saying, obviously not, not all of them are faking it, but there's definitely a handful. Don't believe everything you, you see or hear or read, especially in the, especially in the news, but from anywhere, from any, don't believe, don't believe everything from me. Don't believe everything I said, you know, or don't believe, I would just, man, I sound super cynical. I sound super skeptical of everything, but I would say just in general, just take everything you hear, especially in media and on podcasts, just all media, take it all with a grain of salt. But yeah, just, there's got to be a handful of of Jussies out there more than a handful there's a bunch of people man I'm so I'm not I'm not being negative either but I'm just pointing out because that's the point of all these celebrity people all these Instagram live people (laughs) every all this stuff maybe it's just because the people that I follow on Instagram because I just follow all comedians and actors so yeah, pretty much all the annoying people, <laughs> all the crazy, insane, off-the-wall people who just want to get famous no matter what. No matter what it takes. So yeah, I'm just saying that I just don't believe that... I mean, I'm not... I'm sure Michael Yo probably had it. I'm sure, sure Michael Yo probably had it, but... That's that's that. That's that. <laughs> this conversation is going nowhere. Um, all right, we wrapping it up. We wrapping. Let's see. Let's see what else we got. Memorabilia. Oh, for the memorabilia. I'm picking up the. Ooh, clinking it. Dustin Ackley. Gnome. It's a gnome. It looks like a bobblehead, but the head does not bobble. And. Now I'm just wondering, does that make me sound, am I paranoid? I don't think it's, it's not paranoid. It's, you know, you know why it's not paranoid to not believe all this random stuff you hear is cause it's the Jussie, the Jussie Smollett thing. It just, it teaches everyone a lesson, you know, (laughs) it just, it taught everyone just don't, some people well, I mean, there's obviously other, there's been instances before, I'm sure, but it just reminded people 
that what it was a publicity stunt some people are just some people would do anything to get famous that's a that's a fact i think we know that from from youtube but yeah this is a dustin ackley gnome man dustin ackley was a great player i was a big fan second baseman played for the mariners in the early 20 the early teens early 2010s maybe when did he start playing for the mariners probably now i got to look up man this has become a a looking up party i just got to look up this and then i'm going to look up this and then i wonder if i type in maybe if i type in ackley yeah dustin ackley there it is there's also someone named ackley bridge all right let's see what what's dustin up to wow dusty dusty he's a he's a lot younger than i thought dustin ackley is he just turned 32 he's only 32 he's still oh wow but he hasn't played in the majors since 2016 dang that stinks he was out of the majors at 28 years old but his first season yeah his first season for the mariners was 2011 so there you go man his numbers are just not career batting average 241 46 home runs on the career 216 rbis just not not that volume what's the word voluminous that's a good word voluminous made his major league debut june 17th 2011 i was just i was a, a week after i graduated from high school what a weird what a weird calling for dance i wonder how much money he made on his career Ackley career earnings there we go because he had not he did not have a good career (laughs) I thought Dustin Ackley had a little better numbers let's see estimated career earnings for Ackley nine and a half million salary six million signing bonus dang he picked up six mil on a signing bonus. Wait, now I gotta look up his. What was his best season? Cause he was good. For he was good for a second. Back in no, he wasn't. He was never. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was. His best. His best numbers. Are his rookie season. That's crazy. He was at his prime. In his rookie season. Because that's his best batting average. 273. Which isn't even good. The most home runs he ever had in season. Is 14. Most RBIs. He had 65 that year. There you go. And he had 27 doubles. Man. He was also. He was always injury plagued 
So, yeah, Dustin Ackley with the disappointing career. What about Zanino? Now I got to look up Zanino. Mike Zanino. Oh, that's right. He's on the he's on the Tampa Bay Rays, which is his hometown team. Cuz he's from Man, I'm just blabbing. <laughs> I'm just blabbing. Mike Zanino is from Cape Corral, which is pretty close to Tampa. There you go. So now he's playing for the hometown squad. But I, I always liked Mike Zanino. I was always a fan. So he, let's look at Zanino's best numbers. Yeah, Zanino, Z-Pack. 25 homers in 2017, 22 homers in 2014, 20 homers 2018. That's pretty good. The most RBIs he ever had, 64. That's just not that many. Only 64 RBIs for your career best season. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh no. Sanino's batting average is terrible. His career batting average is 202. But he has one, two, three seasons under 200. With in 2019, he hit 165. That's man, man, that's terrible. Man, that's a terrible batting average. Man, that's a terrible batting average. Man, this is Charles Barkley talking MOB baseball. That's a terrible, terrible batting average. <laughs> average. Alright. Let's see. I think that's everything. Is that everything? Oh yeah, it is. Do we make it to Oh my gosh, we got a couple minutes. I'm almost like, I'm not the guy, I'm not the kind of guy who ends a podcast at 59 minutes. That's just not me. So let's go. (laughs) That's just not me. We'll pull up because for some reason, I'm so, it's about the baseball because baseball is a numbers driven sport. That's why I kept talking about these guys stats and numbers it's because that's almost the most important thing in baseball almost as important as winning are the numbers but just like pod podcast is like baseball there's no crying in. No, i guess people there is crying in podcasts sometimes <laughs> but but the numbers matter the numbers matter and yeah it for some reason that one hour, it just looks, it looks much neater and sweeter and, and it's more aesthetically pleasing to me. All right, so this is a baseball fact. Here's your baseball fun fact of the episode. Then we'll wrap this hot dog up. The longest baseball game in history lasted 26 innings. On May 1st, 1920, a game between the Brooklyn Dodgers and Boston Braves lasted for three hours and 50 minutes, which is almost equivalent to three whole games? What? It consisted of 26 innings. Wait, this this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what? That's I, First of all, how could they play 
a 26-inning game. Oh, I, I see what they're saying. Three whole games. Because nine innings times three would be 27 innings. 27 innings. My favorite James Franco movie. 127 innings. And, and he's just... He's stuck at a baseball game for 127 innings. But he's trapped by... What would, what would he be trapped by? Hmm. <laughs> see, see, this is why I'm not the best at... Maybe I, I always think, maybe I should do improv. Maybe that would help me. He's trapped by a, a beach ball. You know how they have beach balls at Dodger Stadium? And then sometimes they bounce on the field. Yeah, so that's the plot of 127 innings. Is James Franco's trapped at a baseball game under a beach ball. <laughs> Somehow he's trapped under a beach ball. He's super weak for 127 innings. All right. Which would be a, a lot of games. So I guess he just sleeps there. The staff knows him. The stadium staff they bring him leftover pretzels and popcorns and crackers, cracker jacks. All right. Three hours and 50 minutes. That's a quick 26 innings. Dear Lord, that's fast. Think about that. Because just think about it. Because if you divide, divide that by three... So that's about, that's, that's insane. Because that's, it's under, under an hour and a half per nine innings. And nobody ever plays, I guess they just used to play faster. They, I guess, I guess things were in fast forward, things were in fast motion back in the 1920s. That is true. <laughs> I think I think the world was in fast motion in the 20s cuz you ever notice you notice how if if you ever see a video of the 20s it's always sped up but maybe that's just it's just a regular video it's just regular speed for the video but I think the people were just in fast forward <laughs> that's that's actually a funny I'm just going to write this down. Let me just write. This is the whole podcast. is me just writing stuff down. I'm going to say in the 20s. Now I got to say 1920s. People were fast forward. Because. <laughs> you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Because everybody's seen those. The black and white videos. People are freaking out. During the stock market crash. And the then the Great Depression. The Dust Bowl. But they're always in fast motion. So, yeah, you, you get the bit. I'll have to... I'll beef it up a little. <laughs> I'll have to beef it up with some stuff. But I think people were in fast forward back in the 20s. People were in fast forward. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. What is, what is it? It's just my sense of humor. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you i love you all right <laughs> i was just i was practicing my voiceover work 
Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast. And thank you for rating and reviewing on iTunes. And have a great day. Have a great quarantine. A great quarantine. And take care. Bye-bye. Bye.